You're listening to a podcast from 702. Alani Gwala on 702. Thank you, Tacho. A quarter past four now. Uh, let's uh, discuss the announcement by government that it will not be issuing a call for proposals for its nuclear power expansion program. Um, we're on the line now to Dr. Kelvin Kem. He is the chairman of the Nuclear Energy Corporation, but also the advisor to Minister Tina Jumat Patterson. Dr. Kem, good to talk to you. Hello, Kalani. It's good to be here. Oh, thank you for your time. But also on the other line, I'm joined by Kumi Naidu. He's in London this afternoon, and Kumi is the launch director of Africans Rising for Justice, Peace and Dignity. But also, Kumi is the former head of Greenpeace. Kumi, hi. Hi. Good to be with you, Kalani. Thank you very much. All right, let me start with Dr. Kelvin Kem. Uh, please just talk to us about this announcement. Just a, a week or two ago, the minister was in parliament, was talking quite positively about this proposal for um, the, the, the call for uh, proposals. So uh, the sudden change of heart, where, where, where does it come from, Dr. Kem? I don't think there's a change of heart at all. I think all there is is a bit of an administrative delay um, because the minister's indicated that that there's no change of heart, we're going ahead, there's just a couple of things that need to be sorted out. Because undoubtedly, nuclear power is the cleanest, safest, cheapest option, and so it's the correct thing to do. The scientists of the country have spent many, many years coming to this conclusion. There's not a knee-jerk reaction that this has been done. It's the result of a very carefully considered plan, and it's the, totally the correct thing to do. So a lot of water's flown under the bridge as we've arrived at this decision. And so there's a few... Um, legal bits and pieces that have to be rubber stamped at this point and the minister I believe is just making sure she gets everything right and that's where we stand so I don't have any doubt that we aren't going ahead according to plan this is to the minor uh, bump in the road along the way, but nothing to be concerned about. Oh, okay. So, so you say it's just an administrative issue. But you see, the problem is we're getting uh, different members of cabinet saying different things here because uh, you, you say, no, it's all systems go. It's just an administrative issue. But Jeff Hadebe, the minister and the president, was talking about this. He says, of course, there are consultations that need to take place. But he goes on to say part of the process will also have to establish whether the government can afford to pay for this process. Well, that's quite reasonable. Nobody's ever said one shouldn't. You know, there's a popular misconception. You hear stories about a trillion rand, and people keep saying this is equal to the annual budget for the income tax of the country. And that's exceedingly foolish, because the figure that's calculated is somewhere in the order of six or seven hundred billion, but over ten years for three whole nuclear power stations. Nobody's ever indicated for one power station once. Nobody's ever indicated that all this money's going offshore. It's really crazy. I mean, who do you think is going to be driving the bulldozer? Who do you think is going to be driving the trucks? Who's going to be digging the foundations? It's not Russians, Chinese, French, Americans. It'll be South Africans. So a large measure of the money is going to stay in South Africa, rotating around within the South African economy, and therefore is highly beneficial and should be very positive for job creation and the whole image of the country. So these incredible scare tactics that are being used by many people to show that we haven't got the money and so on. Obviously, nobody's advocating that we go ahead and irresponsibly spend vast sums of money. But we have to show the world that we are going to have enough electricity into the future to fuel extra plants that are going to be built, motor car exporting facilities and and whatever else. Okay, but Dr. Kem, but Dr. Hmm. Kem, here's the issue. Uh, If we are yet to establish whether we have the money, if, if we are yet to establish whether we can afford... What if we find that we can't afford? That means that the program doesn't go ahead, right? Yeah, but that's, that's not the point, Kalani. It's been established a long time ago that we do have the money in the sense that you don't have to have all this money in one bucket once. 
Well, obviously, from day one, when the first engineers sat down and started to plan this, they said the selling price of electricity must be about the same as the selling price of electricity for coal now. One never, ever guessed at it. So when people tell you that they don't know what the price of electricity is going to be, that's just plain and simply not true. Nobody would build a, a Boeing or an Airbus and start building the whole aeroplane and when it was built discover, oh dear, the seat is five times more expensive than we thought. So from day one, they'll put down there, the selling price of a seat on an aeroplane must be competitive to the market now, which was what was done with the electricity and that has been a foundation all the way along the line and still is. The people that I deal with, the scientists and engineers of the country, are not dopey. They've been doing this from, from the beginning. They know what they're doing. So these you know, wild accusations that we've got a bunch of irresponsible people who don't know what they're doing are just so silly and unfounded. Sure, sure. Uh, but I just, I'm, I'm more concerned about the cost then um, and, and the statements that were made by Jeff Hattabe versus the statement that you're making because the issue for me is if we go back then to Treasury and we say, Treasury, this is the estimated amount of money that we're going to have to pay for this build program and, and Treasury says, listen, in 10 years' time, we won't, that, we won't have that kind of money. What, where does it put the program then? Because on one hand, you're saying it's going ahead, yet yes. Jeff says we still need to establish the costs. Yeah, well, that is the case. And that, uh, um, Minister Radebi is not wrong. And that part of what happens now, we've pretty much worked out what we expect the ballpark type numbers to be, quite, quite accurately. Now the next type of phase, if you were building a house or anything like this, you now say, okay, I now want to build this. What potential foreign partners are there to come along and make offers to say we at this price could go into partnership with you to achieve the objectives. Sure. So now we have to see exactly what the numbers are. People well, that's know interesting. Exactly what is the price? Right? Yeah. People are say, if you say you've worked out the ballpark figure, then tell us what is the ballpark figure? Scientists in the country have worked out a figure of about $650 billion. Some foreign um, consultants in London have uh, done consultancy work for Nexa. They've worked a maximum figure of about 800 billion. So we're talking 650 to 800, somewhere in that line, of which 50% is earmarked for local uh, content, localization. So we're talking about localization of about half of 650 to 750, call it, and that, that type of range. So people who have spoken about a trillion are not completely figure. off the mark. Well, I think they are. That's a whole 250 billion. But you know what happens with these programs? You know what happens with these programs? Look at what has happened at ESCOM, where we started with a completely different figure in, in terms of some of the programs that they are, and we end up with a much bigger figure. So with these kind of programs, things happen. They can, but they shouldn't. When we built Kuburg, Kuburg was built on time, on budget, by South Africans 40 years ago. There's no reason why we can't do it again. South Africans have built Sassels, Richards Bay, Harbour, all sorts of things correctly. What we need to do is have really good quality project management from day one so we're not falling over each other's feet and confusing one another with poor project management. That's where the money goes. The money goes down the drain when you don't know what you're doing and you get confused. That must be out of the way, which... Eskom CEO Brian Malefi said a couple of times already, let's get organized and learn from our mistakes and make sure we don't do anything wrong this time. Let me get Kumi to respond. Kumi Naidu? Yes, I, I think there's, very, there's several factual inaccuracies in what Mr. Ken is saying. Firstly, on phase three, he's not telling us about the costs associated with the storage of nuclear waste and the threat of nuclear waste. Secondly, uh, we must remind ourselves the same thing happened with the arms deal. The arms deal, we were told this was a cost and it will deliver jobs. The, the arms deal escalated tremendously in terms of cost. It didn't deliver jobs. In terms of cost, 
Mr. Kim is ingenuous here because uh, it's not uh, that easy to predict right now in terms of a very fluctuating energy market globally because even the International Energy Agency uh, failed to predict, the, uh, nobody predicted in fact, that solar and wind costs will come down as much as they have over the last decade. And the projections are that the costs there are going to come down substantially. Uh, the third point is, if we do care about our people in rural areas and uh, various other communities who, have been, who are completely energy poor, what is not being said that to build a nuclear plant, before it delivers one unit of energy, uh, it, it, optimistically, it will take us about 10 years. The track record of nuclear plants around the world is that, one, the prices escalate tremendously, and secondly, there is always delays in building it. There are cases where certain plants built by Russia have been about 27 years in the building. So given all of that, when we look at the question of how do we take our people out of energy poverty quickly, they've waited far too long now. Nuclear is not going to do that. And the predictions globally is that uh, solar, wind, and other renewable energies will continue to drop in price. The other important thing is if this was, as um, Mr. Ken says, all absolutely clear and it's only idiots like me who are opposing it, then why has there been such a lack of transparency? Why has there not been a public debate about it? Why is it that only for a long time in the development of this, only five members of cabinet actually knew what the details were? The reality is, as we now know, in December last year, a very competent, highly respected minister, Nantanta Nene, was fired solely because when he did the figures, he could not ethically see that we could actually afford this. And let me just say this, our reading, we've been talking to industry specialists as well globally and people in the finance industry, it looks extremely unlikely that even whether it's $1 trillion or whether it's $650 billion, that in the current global market where the nuclear industry is going and so on, that in fact we would actually be able to raise that money. So there are many people internationally looking at this, for example, from a finance point of view, don't believe that this resources could actually be raised All right. anyway. Lim- and when our, country, uh-huh. when our country right now, as students who are not able to afford education, we should be thinking about all the needs of our society in a holistic way. We should rather be investing people who don't have water, uh, don't have, uh, are unable to afford education, uh, where drought is having an impact, okay. and go to the emerging technology that can deliver cheaper, faster, cleaner, and okay. more sustainable Kumi, energy. Kumi, l- l- let me give Dr. Kelvin Cam a chance to respond as broadly as he can. But secondly, specifically, I'd like a response, Dr. Cam, on this issue of transparency and consultations. And I'm wondering whether the decision that was announced by the minister has a lot to do with that, because the minister says um, she has considered various representations over the last two weeks for further consultation and discussion. Is it because there's a sense that there hasn't been enough transparency around this issue? Well, certainly, Kalani, from the scientist's point of view, worldwide, over decades, scientists have not gone out and told the public enough about nuclear. Um, so we're guilty of that. There's no doubt about it, and we're trying to fix that. It's an international problem. 
So what happens is that the public now hear a story from one side and often they get a very anti-nuclear story which is projected in a terribly scary way. And so you find there's a huge mountain of false opinion. And so that has to be addressed. I don't believe that there's been a lack of transparency. A lot of what has happened is that because of the complexity of nuclear and the mysterious nature of the science, people don't really know. And so they now interpret that as some deliberate um, obscurity, which isn't. Obviously, certain contractual type things are kept quiet. But certainly, I've known a lot about what's going on for, for over a decade now, as have all of the colleagues that I work with. So amongst us, there's no obscurity. If there's some secret things going on negotiation-wise at government level, maybe one wouldn't know that. But certainly, I'm not aware of any snags because the scientists and engineers tell the political leaders and others what type of reactors we need. That has been decided. We know we're going to be building generation three-plus reactors of a certain size. It's like saying I'm going to buy a motor car of about that size, that, 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 that. So you know you're not buying a bucky. You know you're buying a car like that. Exactly which one you buy, you now decide in the bidding process. But we all know exactly what's going on, what type of vehicle. There can't be a sudden pulling the rug out under our feet and discover that the government's gone and bought some strange thing that none of the scientists and engineers knew about. Okay. So this type of accusation is not valid, as is things like um, renewable energy prices have come down. That's just not the case. What has happened is, in South Africa, the bidding, the competitive bidding um, system that was developed by the Department of Energy has caused prices to come down because companies have been forced to bid against each other. Therefore, market forces have caused the bids to come down, but the actual inherent costs of the technology itself have not come down. They keep talking as if for some magical reason, the physics of solar and wind is such that they just keep tumbling and these things just get better and better and give you free energy. That's just okay. not true. All right. If Dr. solar Ka- power hits the ground at one kilowatt a square meter and that's it, okay. you can't do better. So All right. I've got to end it here, Dr. Kelvin Cam. I'm out of time. Yeah. I know that Kumi would like to respond, but unfortunately, completely out of time. I need to organize uh, another discussion where this matter is concerned. Good thing that the department has decided to postpone uh, the the, um, the the decision or at least the implementation of uh, the proposals for the, uh, the the request for proposals, I beg your pardon. So it gives us a bit of time then so that we can uh, get everyone involved, get South Africans involved so that we all understand what the issues are where these matters are concerned. Dr. Kelvin Kemp, as well as Kuminaidu, thank you for your time.